The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Toy and welcome once again to a Came from the Radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me live on tape on the GHR studio. We have our special guest co-host, Shadow Rabbit Clay Guy Art, Louis Schaefer. Say hi. Hello, everybody. And as our special guest engineer, we have Sports Guy Tom. Hello, hello. So uh, this week, we're going to actually have a very different show because we have two new guys in the studio for just this one episode, but... For the most part, we're going to have our interview with Todd McFarlane from the New York Comic Con. It's about a half an hour, so that's why um, the other two guys took the day off because they mm. already, they already, we already experienced it. They already heard it. They already heard. It, they already experienced <laughs> it. At least one of them, at least one of them was there conducting the interview. Yeah, uh, okay. you're all lucky guys. Yeah, um, he has a lot of really cool stuff to say, and it was very inspirational. I got, I got to admit, because I was there taking pictures, it was very, very cool. Um, shout out to Carmen Bryant, was the media person. She took care of us really well, and so did uh, Todd. Um, really gave us plenty of time to have an interview with him. It wasn't like, you know, one, two questions and go. He really was really happy about being interviewed by us, and he did it for everybody. So big, small, little, you know, whatever. He was, he was there. So we're going to be doing that. But before we do that, we're going to take it away with the news. Wait, wait, wait. It's Morphin Time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Ghana, which we are the official radio show of celebrating over 22 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com and their next convention, which will be December 14th, which is the Big Apple Christmas Con, which might have aired, uh, might have happened after the show airs. But um, the headliner is none other than Sam J. Jones, the original uh, Flash Gordon, and Peter Scolari. Um, as their celebrity headliners, and they have a uh, legendary artist uh, Jim Stranko, as well as Russ Braun, who is the penciler on the Boys comic. Uh, he will be there as well. Then, if you missed that one, uh, they're going to have their regular Big Apple Con on April fourth and fifth of twenty twenty. And right now, they announced that none other than the original Green Ranger, Jason David Frank, is going to be the headliner. Wow! So, um, also, we want to do a shoutouts for our Patreons, of which there are. Danny Grillo, award-winning ger- director Jared Burrell, Two Sentence Horror, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Dresden Media, Unjikun, and Shadow Rabbit Art, of which he's right here. So, let's see what that. So if you guys want to have your own little shout-out, uh, go to our website, www.patreon.com, look up Hinkfin Radio, and uh, you can uh, just join us for a dollar a month. You can get your own little shout-out. We have other tiers, such as, um, let's see, I think there's, you get the show early, you get to ask a question. I think we get a prince. Some other stuff. Did you ever get to ask your question? Did you ever submit a question to ask? I don't have anything to ask. You have, no, you have nothing to oh. ask at all. <laughs> nothing to ask at all. I trust you. All right. You cover all of the important bases. So, all right. So now, uh, let's take it away with the news. We always start off with the sad news. So, sad news. K-pop star, oh boy, Gu Ha Ra has been found dead at her home recently. 
The singer, known professionally as Hara, was a member of the girl group Kara between 2008 and 2015 and has enjoyed success since going solo. She has also worked as an actress on Korean and Japanese TV. According to reports, the, single had, the singer had struggled with mental health for some time and was rushed to the hospital in May of this year after attempting suicide. There was no sign of a break-in or foul play or pol and police are investigating the death as a possible suicide. She was a young 28. Uh, you guys K-pop stars, fans? I know Rain, but that's about it. Um, I cannot say I am. I am I am not one that knows much about the K-pop scene, but uh, it's very unfortunate whenever you hear somebody that young that just, you know, potentially. Because yeah. I don't know, because you said that it's not definitive, that not it's definitely definitive, a, yeah. a, a, it's a under, suicide. Right, it's but under it, investigation. Yeah, but assuming that it is, um, if that's what everything looks like, it's always unfortunate when you see somebody um, that young, you know, uh, do something like that. Um, you know, thoughts and prayers, man. That's terrible. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it sucks, man. Um, you never know what people are going yeah, you never yeah. truly know what what uh, what you're actually what the person next to you is going through. You, it's all about perception. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's not a, it's not talked about enough. You know, like people don't. It's not. I feel like we're still at a point where it's not, um, it's not brought up enough that like people should you know talk right. about your stuff. You know, let yes. let let your stuff out. Don't keep that stuff in. You know, let people know if something's bothering you because that stuff just festers. Correct. You know, and Correct. it just gets bad. Yeah, and just try to treat people kind, man. Exactly. Yeah. Be good to people. So uh, more sad news. Actor Michael J. Pollard also died recently of a heart attack. Uh, Michael appeared in such films as Summer Magic, The Wild Angels, The Original Bonnie and Clyde, The Legend of the Frenchy King, I like that one, Dirty Little Billy, Between the Lines, Heated Vengeance, Riders of the Storm, The Patriot, Roxanne, American Gothic, Scrooge, Fast Food, I remember that movie, uh, Sleepaway Camp Part 3, I guess, I guess he wasn't in the other two, um, Tango and Cash, the, uh, the Dick Tracy movie, Split Second, Tumbleweeds, Forever Lulu, House of a Thousand Corpses, uh, The Woods, uh, just to name a few. He was 80. So both ends of the spectrum on the sad news this time. Um, you know uh, Michael J. Pollard? Have you heard any of those movies? Um, I know The Patriot. That's a really good movie. I love that movie. But uh, the other ones I have not heard of. Yeah, I'm sure if I saw him, maybe. He'll be that guy. He's that guy. There are always a lot of actors who are that guy. Oh, that guy. And yeah. I guess he is one of them. Um, I personally have no uh, interaction with the man. And um, I've seen a couple of these movies. And I couldn't even... And he was that guy in it. Uh, so let's see. Oh, here's a... We're, we're slowly trending upward for the news. Uh, from the follow-up sad news department. Recently, we reported that artist Tom Lyle, uh, his death following a medically induced coma a few months back. Now his family is asking for your help, uh, setting up a GoFundMe to help with the medical expenses. The site says, <clears throat> On September 25th, 2019, Tom Lau, my brother-in-law, experienced an unexpected brain aneurysm which immediately put him in a coma and intensive care. After surgery and extensive efforts to make him regain consciousness, an MRI revealed that he had permanent and substantial brain damage. Sadly, this intense eight-week-long journey to save Tom ended with the death on November 19th, and he left his wife, Sue, with a staggering amount of medical bills despite insurance. All funds will go directly to help him with this unexpected death, which mounts daily as the bills from various doctors and two separate hospitals keep coming. Uh, Tom loved Sue, and very much, and almost everyone who knew Tom knew about Sue because he talked about her constantly. He would not have wanted her to live with this burden hanging over her head. Donation would honor Tom by helping this person he loved the most in this world, his beloved wife, Sue. As of this recording, the fundraiser has raised over $24,000, uh, 
of its state only $15,000 goal. So that's awesome. That's great. Absolutely. And like we said, you never know. So maybe they need more help with the medical bills because funerals ain't cheap. Oh, absolutely not. So, yeah. So if you're interested, go to GoFundMe, look up Tom Law, and you can help out if you can. Um, if you cannot help financially, as I always like to say, let other people know. Share it. You know, post it. That way, maybe somebody who will be able to have yeah. a couple extra bucks can throw it in there. But if they don't know about it, they can't do it. Exactly, man. Word of mouth. That's free press. Uh, let's see. Um Oh, all right. So moving on to the more happier, quote-unquote happy I like news. happy. Yeah, please. Um, from the what else do we have to reboot, remake, and reimagine department, Warner Brothers is bringing back The Fugitive as a new feature film. According to reports, the series will center on a man... <clears throat> wait, it will center on a man accused of blowing up an L.A. subway station with social media being hotbed of false accusations but also providing real-time updates as the suspect tries to prove his innocence. For those of you who do not know, The Original Fugitive was a TV series which ran from 1963 to 1967 on ABC. It's four years for you, uh, four seasons for you guys. Uh, the series also got a retelling in a feature film starring Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones in 1993, and that film led to a side sequel with Tommy Lee Jones taking the lead role and chasing down Wesley Snipes in the film U.S. Marshals. The show was brought back yet once again in the 2000s with Tim Daly, as the star of the series, which only lasted one season and was canceled before it was resolved. In addition to the film, there is a yet another unrelated Fugitive TV series, which is set to be released in 2020. You guys fan of Fugitive? One-Armed Man? Yes. I like the first one. So you like the original series, or you like the movie? Oh, I like the ones that I grew up with. with which the, one? With the movies. All right. Movies, yeah. People can't tell how old you are on, oh, the, that's true. on, that's the, true. on the radio. So, fan of the Fugitive, fan of U.S. Marshals? Um, probably a little bit less, but yeah. It had, right. it had Robert Downey Jr. in it, too. Did it? Yeah, he was... I don't remember him in that movie at all. That's how memorable his role was. <laughs> <laughs> but he's come, a, he's come a long way. Whatever yeah. happened to him, I know. Yeah, I don't he know, just, man. He just fit off into non-existence. Sleeping I hope he's happy somewhere. Sports guy Tom, you a fugitive fan? Um, I am not. I can't say I am. I did not see any of the movies or the series. Um, what I was just from what I gather though, it sounds like the the new movie that they're rebooting at least. I mean, the the, the newer concept is like it's changed from the initial right stylings so, of the movie. So I guess it's it's kind of a reboot in the sense of the name. I guess you could say which this is what they want to cash in. Which on. Which is cool. Yeah. Well, it's cool. I I I appreciate that more than just rebooting a movie completely like just redoing the movie just with different different actors and actresses right you know I'd, I'd appreciate I appreciate that they're just keeping maybe the title of the movie but changing the the concept a little bit you know right. but then would that make it not the fugitive <laughs> oh well, that's true yeah that's true I don't I don't I like I, what I'm basically saying is is I like that it's not a very much a just blanket cookie a rehash cutter rehash of, right, you know that, that it is technically in the sense you could say a new movie you know it's not just warner brothers being like eh, let's just be let's just make right. people feel stupid and throw the same movie at them again right, and make them right. give us their money right so, so are they rebooting all these movies because they want to cash in on the old name yeah or have they of run it, out of names of for movies and they're like well i mean <laughs> I it's bet kind it's of about of both i bet you it's both it's it's part. Uh, what is it? It's you have to keep the IP alive, the intellectual property alive. That way, you can hold on to the copyright and trademark of it. And certain titles, um, if you don't make a movie within a certain time, you lose the rights to it. So, which is why, if you might remember, the original Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie was made 
so they can keep the rights so that way Marvel wouldn't have it to make their own Fantastic Four movie. And which is what I understand was also why they made that last Fantastic Four movie. Oh, God. That existed? That really existed? <laughs> I walked yeah. out of that, man. It was yeah, so yeah. bad. Because yeah. um, they wanted to, Fox wanted to hold on the rights to the Fantastic Four because they didn't want it to go back to Disney. Well, at, to Marvel at the time, which is now Disney, which is now Fox. So good job on that. It's, it's kind of funny how that happened. Like, we tried to keep it away from them, but they got it anyway. They got it anyway. Um, so, yeah, so part of it is that, and part of it is that they want to try to cash in on what else they have around that no one has brought back yet. Like, what do we got? Let's bring back The Fugitive, because people love The Fugitive. Mm. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the, I think once they made the remake series, and it only lasted a season, you should, like, maybe we shouldn't do that anymore. They can just make a movie that's pretty similar to it and call it something else. Yeah, they could. But then, as uh, we said the time, you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't get the immediate name recognition. You wouldn't be able to bring those people in. That's true. Yeah, th- that's what I think it is. It's like I feel like people are more – it's weird. Like I don't like that they're just rebooting movies regularly, but I feel like people are more inclined to go see a rebooted movie rather than like a new movie. Yes. Like because they're, they're, they're like, okay, I get this title. I, I know I might like this because the title is familiar. Like, if it's a completely new movie with a new title, they'll be like, yeah, I'm probably going to be less inclined to go see it because it's like, eh, I might not like this. This might suck. Yeah, and as they always say, you know, they say, why can't Hollywood make new original movies? Look at Jupiter Ascending. That was a very original movie, yet it made like $2 in the box office because it didn't have any did, name did recognition. Did you see Jupiter Ascending? I did see Jupiter Ascending. I don't know if it was the name recognition <laughs> that, that tanked that movie. Well, see, but the thing is, it's the one thing we always talk about about movies in particular. The initial box office of the movie has nothing to do with the movie itself, but the marketing. So if the marketing was really good, people would have went to see it, and then they would have realized that they didn't like it. (laughs) Yeah. And then that would have happened, but people didn't go see it initially with nothing to base it on. So I think it's all about the marketing. I mean, look at uh, freaking um, the Terminator movie, the last Terminator movie. Marketing... It wasn't, eh. Um, there was um, one movie that, uh, the Jay and Silent Bob movie. It didn't really have much marketing. The Charlie's Angels movie. There really wasn't a hard, everywhere you look, it wasn't stuff being thrown at you that is coming out. And therefore, it, nobody wants to see it. Well, the Jay, you, you knew Frozen 2 was coming out. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. The Jay and Silent Bob one, though, I will, uh, the, that one is just, uh, they didn't, I don't even think they, they ran that in a lot of theaters. I think it, was, it was an exclusive yeah. screening, but yeah. I hear it's supposed to be actually release release in okay. 2020, Okay. but I wanted to see it, I yeah. couldn't see it. Yeah. That's a reboot, too, right? No, uh, well, no it, it's a continuation and a joke on the reboot theme. Yeah. Because if you remember in the original, well, in, what was it, part four, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, I think that was the fourth one, might have been the fifth one. Uh, yeah, I think Clark's Mallrats chasing Amy. Yeah. Dogma. Yeah. Yeah, and then Jay and Silent Bob. Oh no! Did that come? Did Jay and Silent Bob back. come before or after Clark's two? I think that came after Clark's two. Hmm. I don't. Because Jay was a little. Because Jay, I remember Jay being like a little, like a little <laughs> beefier. Like I mean, he was always tall and skinny, but like a little bit chunkier in 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 that than he was in. He looked older in, in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back rather than All right, Clark's so two. So the fourth or fifth one. Yeah, fourth or fifth one. It's semantics. <laughs> they were trying to stop somebody making a Blunt Man and Chronic movie, which is based on their characters. So now this one is for what I heard, because I don't watch trailers. They're going to stop the making a reboot of the Blunt Man and Chronic movie. So that's that's the joke, multi-level thing of that. Um, so yeah, so I think it's the marketing that, uh, that that's really the big deal in this. 
Ah, so moving on from the oh there we go from the That's a lot of department, um, a mint condition of the 1939's Marvel Comics number one has been sold at auction for 1.26 million dollars. The comic, which according to CGC is the most pristine copy of the book ever found, with a grade of a 9.4 out of a 10. That's amazing for that old of a comic. Uh, to top things off, the sale makes it the single most expensive Marvel comic book ever sold at public auction. The auction house says, <clears throat> this is a historic uh, copy of a historic comic book. Without question, this is the granddaddy of all Marvel comics, without which we would not have the characters and story we enjoyed in today's comics and future films. Uh, Marvel Comics number 1, which was originally published by Timely Comics, which became Marvel Comics, in 1939, features the first appearances of the original Human Torch and Kazar, just to name a few. So, that's crazy. That A, the book exists. B, that book was graded at such a high um, value. Like, what, what did this guy do to keep it in such good condition all this time? Yeah, I wonder if that was, like, held by by the publisher or something, so, like, it never actually even hit the, well, apparently, hit the comic um, book shops. Apparently, it was bought by a postman at the time, back in 1939, because he was he was you know one of one of the collectors and he always used to buy a whole bunch of comics and that was just happened to be one of them that he bought I think it was like thirty nine cents or something maybe even less but he, then he kept it in a condition to save it all these years later and now he just got himself one point two six million dollars that's right, crazy he just I guess he knew <laughs> like he just knew wow this is gonna be worth something someday and like kept it locked away in like a dark room <laughs> no light got in but how. Like what? What kind Probably of didn't even read it. is that? Yeah, he couldn't have read nine point four. How could he have read, like gloves on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, I would think maybe he, he just well, got really bad OCD. Nine point four. I would think maybe he he flipped through it once and then put it aside, and maybe got crunched underneath some other stacks of stuff, and he just got lost. And then he's like, "Ooh, look what I found!" As opposed to, I just don't see somebody, anybody. How long? Nineteen thirty-nine. I don't know, man. People got like I said. I think it might. Six nine, That's uh sixty years, yeah, eighty years. I'm I'm chalking it up I'm to guessing OCD. the original owner is not uh, not with us anymore. So 80? even even that it, it went through a generation at least where they were like, ooh, I wonder what this is. Exactly, like I just eighty years of uh, foresight. That's crazy. I think it was eighty years, right? Am I, is my math right? Nineteen thirty nine to twenty nineteen. So you're around there. I, I can't do math in my head, man. I, I, but I think you're, you're around that. You're in the, you're in the ballpark. But it's still a, it's still a really long time to have a comic book in near mint condition. Eighty years, yeah. 80, you know? eighty years. That's crazy. Like so, I can't, I can't. Again, I can't chalk that up to anything other than somebody having really, really bad OCD <laughs> to where they're like, this thing, is, this is perfect. I'm not, I'm not touching it. I'm gonna read it once with gloves on, and this is gonna go in my dark room. I'm never gonna see the light of day again. And and what does he, what does he do next? Like, what was his next thing? Did he just put all his eggs in one basket, or does he have a whole bunch of stuff out there? I bet she's got a lot. I bet you there's more than just <laughs> that. It's crazy. Um, so yes, yeah, so moving along, speaking of comics, from the, let's see, this one? Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. Department. Uh, DC has decided to continue with its multiverse crossover trend, this time by bringing together none other than He-Man in He-Man and the Masters of the Multiverse. The book, which finds anti-He-Man from Anti-Eternia and his guest and his quest to kill off 
all the He-Men from across the various realities in order to seize their power. And of course, this brings together the original 80s Filmation He-Man with the Dolph Lundgren He-Man from the 1987 film Master of the Universe and the He-Man from the 90s cartoon The New Adventures of He-Man, which at the time was considered a loose sequel to the original series. Can I say He-Man enough times? <laughs> um, He-Man and Master of the Universe, multi He-Man and the Masters of the Multiverse, issue number two, is on sale in December. He-Man fan? Uh, I watched the cartoon a little bit. Uh, a little I, bit I, of the cartoon. Yeah, I was not a huge He-Man guy. He-Man fan? I have the power. No, <laughs> I'm not a huge one, but, you know. Really? I mean, I respect it. I was a huge He-Man fan, and when I remember seeing that very first episode, I still have that memory of seeing that first episode, because the, the cartoon had very little or nothing to do with the comics that you got when you got the toys. So I'm watching this cartoon, like, what the hell is this? What the, who the hell is an Orko? What the hell is going on here? And yet, I enjoyed it because it was funny, it was entertaining, and it had you know, a little catchy tune. And I actually missed seeing the uh, He-Man movie, the animated one, in the theaters. I remember that as well. I just couldn't get to go see it. I was very upset. But then after I saw it, I was very happy I didn't go see it in theaters. Um, also, the uh, Master Universe uh, 87 movie, I didn't see it in the theaters either. And I'm also glad I didn't see that. Uh, moving on. Let's see. Ooh. Final bit of news. From the, finally, he doesn't have, wait, from the, he doesn't play nice with others department. Uh, Tim Miller, director of the first Deadpool movie, as well as the latest Terminator film, had this to say about him not being part of the second Deadpool film and potential working with James Cameron again, because he did the Terminator Dark Fate, as we talked about earlier. Uh, Tim says, it has become clear that Ryan wanted to be in control of that franchise. You can work out in a way, you can work that way as a director quite successfully, but I can't. I don't mind having a debate, but if I can't win, I don't want to play. And I don't think you can negotiate every creative decision. There's just too many to make. So Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, the face of the franchise, and he was going to be the most important component of that by far. So if he decides he wants to control it, then he's going to control it. And as for the Terminator franchise, he says, it has nothing to do with whatever trauma I have from the experience, because the movie didn't do so well. It is more important like that I trash, just don't want to be in a situation again where I don't have control to do what I think is right. Of course, since the Deadpool sequel made like a bazillion dollars, and the Terminator sequel made like five dollars, I don't think Tim will be involved in either franchise moving forward at any time. Um, Deadpool fan? A huge Deadpool fan. Deadpool 2 fan? Yeah, I love Deadpool 2. Did you find that it was missing something when uh, without the uh, original director? No, I actually enjoyed Deadpool two like a lot. Actually, I didn't feel like there was a drop off in any way. Um, I'm a little nervous about how it's going to go be going forward. With right. Disney, but, uh, yeah, with Disney. Yeah. Um, just because they don't put out our movies. Yeah. But I'm I'm I I didn't think it was too bad. And at uh, Terminator all. Dark Fate. I uh, did not see Terminator not Dark see Fate. All right, no. Lou, did you uh, Deadpool fan? Love it, man. Deadpool two fan. When when the first uh, when Ryan Reynolds leaked the trailer for Deadpool one, yeah. I think I saw it like a hundred times. <laughs> I, I love Deadpool two. I thought it was fine. And no difference between missing anything. That was a different movie. I thought it was just as good. All right. And Terminator Dark Fate. Did you see that? Absolute trash. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else can you say. I was excited about it too when I first saw the trailer. How many Terminators can you make though? The Obviously, last, the, a lot. <laughs> the Genesis was supposed to be the last one, and then uh, it got saved by you know international viewership. But because Arnold Schwarzenegger can still bring in that uh, international dollar. Love Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Everything else about that movie terrible. Dude, it had Khaleesi in it, and it was terrible. I mean, 
Uh, that movie. Before they destroyed that series. Yes, that broke is, my that heart. Is, that is true. Um, I don't know the. Uh, I did see a slight difference in the two Deadpool movies. It didn't have the same. It didn't have the same feel, but it was just as entertaining. It was mm-hmm. Damn funny. It, yeah, it was a different movie, but so, you know. But I can you can tell it wasn't the same creative team behind it. Like it, it had it was a little a little off. It wasn't so much that oh it was, you know it's it it broke the bank, but you can just tell it's a slight difference. It's not like where you can watch a movie by the same like if you watch Tim Burton movie like oh, this is a Tim Burton movie all the way through no matter which Tim Burton movie you see. But this one like all right I see this and then eh, a, little, a little different, but it was still entertaining. The uh, Terminator movie, while I always so spoiler alert. Well, I always say that if you go through a whole movie or two or three or five where you're going to whole purpose of the movie is to save a character and then you go off and kill that character in the next movie, it negates all the effort and energy you put into trying to save him in the first place. What was the whole point? Yeah, I'd say True. I'd say not to give spoilers, but honestly, that movie deserves everything that's going to happen to it. Um, I did like Linda Hamilton. I did like yeah, them. she's cool. I did like Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger together again. You know, after all this time, it's kind of nice. Love Linda Hamilton. Love um, Arnold. Action sequences were were pretty decent. I thought they were alright, but the movie once I felt that movie just felt flat and it was missing something. But was I entertained? I was entertained enough that I, I didn't pay for the movie, so I was fine. <laughs> that that probably helps. <laughs> yeah. Not dropping sixteen bucks on it, you know, that's a big deal. <laughs> hey, you watch the movie for free, your your bar automatically just goes one level lower. <laughs> Yeah, of acceptance. Like, oh, you know, if I had paid $30 for this movie, I would not have been happy. But that was a free movie. Nah, it was all right. Um, so, yeah. So that's it for the news. Okay, if we're putting it on the it was on while I was on like a Greyhound, then okay. Right. So so if you saw it on Netflix, would you be like, yeah, all right. I would have put back on like old episodes of The Office. <laughs> right, been like, on. oh, American Vandal's on. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, that's it for the news. So we're going to take our break. And we'll be right back with a game from radio. Hi, guys. This is Xenia Seberg, who played Zev on the show Lex. And you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hi. You've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. Hi, this is Ellen Dubin, star of Lex, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Keep listening. Hey guys, I'm Christy, and I'm here to make the coolest custom cake for your next event. I also do cake pops, cupcakes, cookies, you name it. So if you're searching for the perfect birthday gift, preparing for your big day, or maybe there's nothing coming up, but your sweet tooth may have just given your brain a swift kick because of me. Give me a call at 631-606-8166 or follow me at Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C. That's K-R-I-S-T-Y. Thanks. This is Michael Bell, the voice of Duke from G.I. Joe, and I am here at CradleCom, and I am with It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to It Came From The Radio. show, David Gallagher, I'm Mark Torres, begin along with Shadow Rabbit. Lou Clay Guy Art, did I get that right? Eh, close enough. <laughs> and Sports Guy Tom, the engineer. Hello, hello. So as I mentioned before, we're going to be playing the interview of uh, Tom McFarlane. It is how long is that interview? Uh, it is about twenty-seven minutes. All right. little, uh, probably more, probably closer to the twenty-eight mark if you round it up. All right, so let's play that, and then we'll end the show. So here we go. 
All right, and we are at New York Comic Con. This is your co-host, Dominic Sperano, with the man, the myth, the legend. Todd McFarland, thanks for giving me the time today. Thank glad you, you get, sir. Glad you could make it. I'm, I'm glad you'll have us. Oh. I, I feel vastly underclassed right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we know, of course, you are celebrating a major milestone. Would you like to tell everyone about it? Yeah, issue 300 came out. The ties record for the longest running creator-owned book ever. Uh, that, that ties Cerebus, Dave Sim did mm -hmm. 300 issues of Cerebus. It's a, if anybody hadn't seen that book, it came out in the 80s, 90s. It was, it was, a, it was an awesome book. Uh, but he quit, he, which was interesting, because he said he was going to do 300 issues and quit, and to his word, he, he did. You got to respect someone who's like, this is what I'm doing, that's it. Well, especially Boom. because that takes 25 years plus. I know. That you, you, you plan out your life for 25 years, and I then know. you just stop. I can't uh, plan my life out for 25 minutes. Right. So. so so now we're here 27 years after Image started, and on Wednesday, uh, I, had to, I had to move 300 a week, so it pushed 301, because otherwise 301 was going to be out this Wednesday, so would've, I, gotcha. I, I would have been signing it here at the show, right. which would have been super cool, uh, but I haven't done any signings for 300 either, so it would be a good day to get you know, a good weekend and sign 300. But issue 301 becomes the longest-running creator-owned book, and the history of mankind, not just superheroes, not just in America, ever, ever, ever. 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 So, so that's sort of the, the, the bigness of it. It took 27 years, like I said, to get here. And when issue 302 comes out, which I'm working on right now, uh, then that will be the new record. And every issue thereafter basically just keeps pumping up You're the just number, gonna, right? Boom, gonna, boom. Hopefully I go, you know, short of getting hit by a bus and bad health, I, I can go another 27 years. Do you have get, like a, a subtle hope in, in your gut be like to hit a level that no one's going to touch for a long period of time? Kind of like you know, Roger three, Maris? 300, three, well, not Roger Maris. Uh, <laughs> the, the, I think the one that's, and again, I'm going to geek out a little bit, the one that's a little more accurate yeah. is Lou Gehrig. Okay. Played in over 2,100 straight games right. in baseball. And I thought nobody would ever, ever, ever break that record. And then along comes Cal Ripken Jr. And he pushed Fair the enough. number up to passing. 2100 and got up to 2600 right and to put it in perspective that means you would have to play 15 years plus in a row and never miss a game which means you never get sick never get once. injured you yeah. never get injured and on a personal level somebody right. doesn't phone you in the middle of a season saying oh by the way your grandma just died right your father just got sent to the hospital exactly. your kid just fell out of a tree and has to have surgery i mean there are so mm -hmm. many things that can go wrong in life. I know. And none of it happened for 15 years is bizarre. So just the odds of, of it. So if I can get, if I can get up to like 500 or six, like what are you talking about? Somebody's going to have to say that's 45 years of my life. I'm 20. So do I want to start something that I can't stop till I'm 65? Most people don't think in those terms. Right? I don't think of those no, terms. No, they go, what am I doing next year? So, yeah. you know, because I, I mean, look at, look at, uh, I talked to Robert Kirkman. Okay. He, he ended up, uh, you know, stopping Walking Dead comic right. book at 193. And, and part of it was he just went, Todd, I told the story. I just, I, I had my fill, right? right. Uh, I mean, I love it and I love the characters and everything I did, but it's time to move on, right? And he goes, and to get to 300 for him, he goes, that's another decade. He goes, yeah. he goes I can't even. I can't even think about that, Todd. Like, like, I, I, ten more years of this book, I can't, I can't do that mentally. He couldn't. So, 
so some people can do a book for, you know, 10 issues. Some can do it for 193 and some can right. do it for 300. Like we're all built differently. Yeah. Um, right now, Eric Larson pushed coming up on 250 for Savage Dragon. So that's a okay. pretty cool number. That, that's a good um, number. So that's, a, that's, that's, that's pretty impressive. But we just. But it's not 301. <laughs> 301. And here's what's interesting. I was like 301 was always in the back of my mind. Okay. Right, so was, somewhere it was a subconscious goal for you. Yeah, because just because I go, I'm, I'm short of getting sick. I'm going to keep doing this. I also knew Dave Sim, right? Mm -hmm. This is the thing that's weird. The, the record that I'm breaking, Dave Sim, Sarah, but he was actually in issue number eight. Remember, he was on the yeah, cover? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's sort of fun that the character that I'm breaking the record was actually in Spawn. Um, but I, I knew internally 301 was going to be a big deal for me. Mm -hmm. And I remember asking uh, Eric Stevenson, the, the publisher, Image, should I make the big issue 301, not issue 300 of Spawn? Now, he talked me out of it because he went, ah, they're not going to understand. Right. Right. They're just going to be like anniversary books. They understand. They get it. Right, right. 100, 200, 300, you know, Detective 1000. It makes sense. Yeah. No one can go inside your mind and understand that 301 is the big So thing. I just went, ah, darn it. But, but then I just went, wow. There's got to be a way to externalize this story and mm -hmm. make it so that 300 just sort of continues into 301 and then we can keep the party going. One more issue, right? And I'm, and I'm just looking at the book now. Yeah, I just opened it up. I just got, I just, I literally, I just, they just brought it to me. I just and got, I'm seeing it for the first time in my hand here. And if you're listening it's, to this, you can see this, you'll this see this is, on our Facebook page. Yeah. It's but so but the kind is, of the cover. I'm looking at it for the first time and it literally yeah. just, and it picks up. At the cliffhanger okay. of 300. Right. So, again, if you read 300, you're going to have to read 301 because there's the cliffhanger. Like, we finished the cliffhanger, right, of, right. What, of what ends up happening in it. But I, you can't tell me that cover isn't, in a way, your subtle acknowledgement of what it means. Uh, oh, it's not even subtle. Him standing there <laughs> holding up a crown, <laughs> it's, right? And then right. if you feel the, feel the cover stock... You're gonna, you're, you're, it's, I made the cover stop sort of worthy of a, yes. of a special book. Absolutely. Double side. It just feels good in your hand, right? This I feels mean, great in my hand. Yeah. You know, That's so 300 amazing. was just going to feel good because it was going to be so many pages. It's going to be a fat book. But and I love, one, I love the back. That, I absolutely love the back is, of that. Right. This is, this, is, yeah. this is my daughter, and she's now 28. And it's That's like a, this is – and, again – She's, she's a, a doctor. She's a doctor. Congratulations. So, so this baby, there's, there's a picture of her, me holding the baby. You can't see this, but me holding the baby. This is literally when I signed issue number one. Right. I had her on my lap when I was signing the very first day. It was June, it was June 2nd, June 4th, whatever that Saturday was. I had the baby mm -hmm. with me, my daughter, Cyan. And now she's a doctor. That's how long it took to set this record. To have a baby and live, that baby lives long enough to become a surgeon. That's right. how. That's the. That's the journey of 300 days. She's not just a doctor; she's a surgeon. Yeah. So she's good with her hands, like you are. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. In a different. In a different, a different way. way. But so. So it's a. It's a. It's a long task, and it's not meant for everybody. No. Right? No. So, what, what would you say is the secret to the perseverance, or is it just being, having perseverance? Uh, well, one, I'm just wired for it. So okay. again, wh where does that come from? I don't know. Um, and then number two. Because I do all these other things with toys and movies and books and music and all this other stuff, mm -hmm. I have to, from time to time, get in the room with other human beings. Right. And at times, they drive me crazy. Tell me about but, that. Yeah. Oh, geez. Someday I'm going to write my memoirs. It is unbelievable, the stories I can tell. 
And so what ends up happening, you're in these rooms with 25 people and they're, they're keeping status quo and you can't right. do this and we've got data for that. And they've got all this other stuff that and they've it, got. Does the conversation always start, we just, we love you. We but, love what you do, but, but why don't you do that? But yeah, hey, can you make Supergirl a guy, right? Or could you make, <laughs> you know that one, hey, I've got the story about a, a, a dog and they go, can you make it a cat, right? You know, these, these yeah, sort of yeah. ones or you just go, no, 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 we don't want to do that. Right. Can you do so anyway? Just sort of silly, silly conversation I've had before. Right. Um, it's a and, Jerry Seinfeld once said, like, entertainment's just not their field. <laughs> it's uh, well, I'm not even talking about entertainment, I'm talking business, yeah. I'm just talking business, business yeah. as, as a whole, right? Right, because here's my here's, here's my pushback to any million dollar corporation why aren't you 10 million? And any billion right. dollar, why aren't you a trillion yeah. dollar company if you have the answers? Why aren't you worth a trillion? And right. if you get to a trillion, why can't you go to a gazillion? Like, if you have these answers that you supposedly know, right. but instead what you end up doing is that you analyze, you overanalyze, and then what you get is you get then creative innovation right. paralysis or slowdown, and then somebody from the outside comes along and says, well, I don't have any of those shackles, and I'll come up with some of this new idea, and I'll do it cooler than yours, more efficient than yours, better than yours, and all of a sudden, it's like, uh, IBM isn't leading the charge. There's a small company called Apple, Apple. that's come along. Like, but that story has been told throughout mankind forever, mm. right? And I keep saying, change. Here's, the thing that's weird is when I go and, and talk to these companies that they are so strong about keeping status quo. Right. They're afraid of change in any way. Because it may be because because this is a glass half yeah. full half right. half empty. This if makes we us do, money. If we we're do, not changing if we, that. If we do change, it, my attitude it might make you more money. Right. That's half full. Right. They're like, yeah, but what if it doesn't work and make us less? So that's the half empty. Right. And so you're going against this half empty mentality all the right. time. So somebody else has to come always from the outside, come in there. Oh, and by the way, the only thing that's been constant in the in the existence of mankind mm. is change. That's, that's true. That's the only thing. If you look at everything. What, what's the constant besides death and taxes is change. change. Impermanence. Everything's temporary. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Otherwise, we'd be all in caves still. Right. But we're not. Right. Because things change. But every one of those changes has come with resistance. Yeah. And not only does it come from resistance from corporations, it comes from resistance as us as humans. Because why? Because each one of us that's listening to this radio program mm -hmm. will have been at some point in our life the generation that was the laziest and the dumbest <laughs> because the generation That's before right. were like they didn't understand the way we cut our hair and they didn't right. understand the music yeah, and they didn't yeah. understand the way we we dressed and the kind of cars we liked and the tvs and it was all foreign why because they were getting older while we were sort of becoming right. 20 they were becoming 40 yeah and so it it this is going to happen as long as there's human beings. There's always going to be get off my grass people. Yeah. So, so now you take that mentality and you bring it into corporations and, then, and, and there's money involved, mm -hmm. then, then it gets even tighter. Right. So then people it's, uh, come along like me right. that are, and we become the insane, wild, crazy, non-listening rebel rousers, whatever words they want to give, mm -hmm. right? That, and, and, and get pushed to the side until at some point you just go, wow, I, I will just go do something on our own. And every now, 
and then some of that stuff actually works. Right. And then what happens, they go, oh my You're gosh. You're a genius. We need to replicate this. Right? Yeah. And then that idea turns into a billion dollar idea and that company stops innovating. And then again, and again, and again, again throughout the future, somebody else is just going to have to show them a new right. idea, a new innovation, a new efficiency to, to sort of say, here it is. Not better. Right. Not better. We'll leave that to somebody else. But just a Something different, different way of doing the same thing. Now, what do you feel is the secret to trying not to become and so that, hold on, let's, the let, giant? Let me, let me answer. Yeah. So all of what I just spoke about yeah. is how I got to 301. Right. Because all of those conversations right. were at the end of the day, I want to put a nail on my head. Right. Because I just go, wow, really? Yeah. I walk out of that, sometimes beaten, mm. and I turn to this character that I got called Spawn, and I go, there's my baby. I don't have to ask anybody's permission. I don't have to ask anybody's input. I just get to go and do whatever I want, good, bad, or indifferent. And it's my breath of creative fresh air. So if I got stymied in right. a room, then I get to walk out and go, spawn, one, 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 I love you, spawn. And I get to do it, and, I, and I'm reinvigorated. It's fresh air in my lungs. It's, it's vitamin C for my soul. I mean, I just, like, I'm good. It's so, your pure creative outlet. Oh, it's the jolt. Like, I don't drink coffee and I don't monster drinks. I don't do alcohol. I don't have any stimulants. Mm -hmm. This dude, this cr creating without asking permission is my stimulant of just going, ah, this is, ah, there's my jolt every day going, I know there's at least one corner in my mm -hmm. business day in which I own and I can do whatever I want. So it's not spawn for 27 years has not been a burden. It's actually been a, a relief. Yes. A massive yes. relief. Otherwise I'd be insane by now. I, I hear you. How do you keep from the pressures of your own, I would assume internal pressure of like, is this going to be a good story? Is this the way that I want to go? Or don't do you just, about it. you just don't worry about I it. I don't worry about it. Yeah. I, I, I acknowledge that anything that's going to be around for a long period of time is going to have its high points and its low points. Mm -hmm. And I can't drive myself insane. I mean, you, you hope that whatever you're doing at any given time is the best you can do at that given time, but you don't have control over trends and fads, what people are feeling, and even what the competition's doing. Right. Because I could be doing the exact same book and there's 10 books that are super awesome, and so mine's the 11th best book. And then there's other times where everybody's not putting out good books, and I'm still doing the exact same thing, and all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, that book Swan is so much better now. It's like, no, not really. It's, it's like, it's so the, it's I, the book. I live in a world where other things are spinning around it, so I'm only at times as good as what people's interests and wants and needs are with everything else that's in the world compared to it, right? So people right. are just making comparisons and with those comparisons, deciding whether they're going to support any of what I do, whether it's Spawn or any of my other ideas, at any given time, right? And, and so I'm always grateful that anybody even gives me, you know, 10 minutes of their time and even a dollar of the hard-earned money that's in right. their pocket. Because, you know, for, for me, there's a, for the most part, there's only one way to earn money. Right. You have to walk away from people you like and loved ones a lot of times and, and go and make that money. So you have to yeah. give up. You have to sacrifice being around the people you care about the most. Yeah. So I think money is valuable. Even a dollar is valuable because that mean you that was time away from people you care about. So the people giving me money, I'm I'm always thankful that they they spend any of it 
given the literally millions of options they have on anything that I do, I'm, 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 I know I'm lucky. That, well, that's a big thing because most people don't realize how lucky they are just to be up and breathing today. Yeah. You know? No, the air in our lungs. It was a the good air, day today. Today's a good, today. a good day. There was a, a famous artist that I heard of. He said, like, every day that you get to draw a breath, that's a good day. Right. And his dying words were, I love oxygen. Yeah. So. No, it's, no, it's true. And the thing know. is, like, like, you know, when you get aches and pains, mm -hmm. you know who doesn't feel pain for the most part? Dead people? Yes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's just part of it. It's just part of life. Right? Part, look at, I, I keep telling this story. Here's, here's how you win. You wake up every day. Right. And this, this should be your prayer. For me, it works perfect for me, so I don't know if it works for anybody else today. Say, today will be imperfect. I am perfect. Like, im, not, perfect. it's, it's going to be not perfect. Right. And you will never be disappointed. If you wake up thinking today is going to be a hell of a day, it's going to be a perfect day. I hope it's going to be a perfect day. I hope I get that job. I hope nobody cuts me off. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. You're going to, you're going to get your heart broken almost every day. Right. Right? But if you go, today's not going to be that perfect day. When they cut you off in traffic and somebody butts in line or somebody writes you an email you don't like or somebody says something nasty on the Internet or your relative says something or whatever, you just go, like, okay, good. It's not a perfect day. It's okay. It's okay. Right. It's okay that it's not perfect. Right. It's okay. It's like the Marines embrace the suck. Is that the word? That's it. Embrace, embrace the suck. Well, it's going to be I, bad, I, but I, I just would know. say that I would say that Lincoln said it better. Yeah. You can't please. Lincoln every, said everything better. You can't. You can't please everybody all the time. All the time. Right. I mean, we're paraphrasing, but that's it. It's that simple. It so, is. So stop worrying about the everybody. So back to your question. I do the best story I can. Right. And I hope that people like it. And if you don't, then go buy something you like. There you go. Like this in the penal colony. Right. You get to go and devour what you want and spend it on you want and, and, and do what you want. So now if enough people aren't supporting what I'm doing, I'm, I'm going to have to reflect on that. Right. Saying, ah, nobody likes this anymore. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a me problem. Okay. Right? But as long as I've got enough of a group of people that will sustain it and I don't have a need to have to get triple that number. Right. Because the sustainability of what I have, then I, all I have to do is go, for every one person I lose, can I pick up one person? So one in, one okay. out, one in, one out, and, I, and it just, just, I can sustain them. And mm. I go, okay. So, you know, on the Spawn comic book, you know, we did a, a sort of a, a recap of the 300 issues in 296, 297. 298, 299 is basically a prelude into 300, which mm -hmm. is a big anniversary book, and 301 is a record setting, which is the cliffhanger. So there's six issues there that, to me, I think is a reason if you want to sample Spawn, you don't have to be overwhelmed by it, which people say, like, oh, it's, the number's too high. That's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous argument anyway. Right, right. Because nobody would watch any football or baseball game because they haven't seen every game since the dawn of that franchise. Yeah, it's right. a ridiculous argument. You can turn into a Yankee fan tomorrow right. and, and be a 50-year fan. You don't have to have watched Babe Ruth play and still enjoy it. Yeah. I used to look at books that had big numbers as being strong that they weathered the storms, they weathered yeah. the battles. Those were, to me, those were, those were badges of honors, those big numbers. And so I'm saying by issue 296, 297, and then you get the prelude, and then you get these two issues, and then make a decision on whether Spawn's your cup of tea. If mm -hmm. you haven't been around Spawn, or you haven't, you dropped off the bandwagon somewhere along the line, come on back now's and a take good time a look to get at back it. Now's, in. It, now's a great time to get on. Now's yeah. a great time to sample it and say, 
okay, cool, I'll keep going or not. So now the question would be, what's going to be the new norm of ordering numbers that the retailers buy of Spawn post 301? Mm -hmm. Is that number going to be the same as it was at 294? Or right. is it going to be bigger? Bigger. I'm hoping it'll be bigger, but then the pressure will be on me to sustain that right. and make it worthy of the new people coming on that may have sampled it to say, oh, yeah, I like this. Todd, it's on you now to keep us. It's always on me. That's the, that's the nature of the business. It's always on that creator to, like, s sort of... Give a reason. Give a reason why you should still like me because, right. you know? So, long, so longevity in and yeah. of itself isn't the reason you should buy anything, right? Right. I have to give them a reason why they should be buying 300. Right. It's an anniversary book. Right. It's, it's ties a record. Greg Capullo's on it. Mm -hmm. Jeff Campbell's on it. Scott right. Snyder's on it, right? You could do far worse that month. Oh, yeah. Than, and, oh, yeah, Todd's going to come back and do a bunch of inking and do some artwork. Like, you could do far worse that month. So here's... Here it is, and hopefully you enjoyed the story of Spawn. And I got a bit of a different look I'm going to show you at the end of it. Okay. Right? Okay. All those are things that would have made sense to me if I was 16, buying a comic book, going, oh, that's cool. Some of my favorite creators and the characters have been around that I like who look super cool, and they're going to give me a new look. And it's an anniversary book. Awesome. Okay, fine. I can, I can get in enough. Now I have to keep them past that one point. Now, for those, I, I run an independent comic book company called Pronto Comics with a lot of people that would love to be you someday or at least achieve your level. What would you say is like some really good piece of advice, especially to get into beyond comics, into this entertainment entrepreneurship? Where do you, what do you feel is like a good piece of advice for those people? Uh, the, the first piece, which is the simplest, easiest piece of advice I'm going to give you, but it's the biggest piece of what I'm going to tell you, mm -hmm. do the work. Absolutely. Do the I mean, if you... Okay, I give that advice how, all the time. How, how many people who say, I'm going to write the great American novel, this is cool, okay, everybody wants to write it. Raise your hand if you've ever written a rough draft of one. Right. Oh, okay, well, that's three people in a, in a, in a room of a 1,000. Here's yeah. what I can say to the 997 who didn't ever write it. You will never get a novel printed. Right. Because you've never written it. This is simple. This is simple. And guess what? The three people who wrote it, mm -hmm. they don't even have to now be good. Right. They're just the only three. Now, if somebody's looking for a novel, they have to go to the three. Right. Even though there's 997 that might have had a better idea. This right, right. This is the piece of it, that if you don't ever do it, then you don't even have to be the best, and it gets even better right now. Because right now, the top, essentially the top 100 books in, mm -hmm. at, at, in, in the diamond sales. Right are either exclusively owned by Marvel or DC. They're about 95, 96 of them. Yeah. And the other three or four, the, the Walking Deads, the, the, the uh, Spawn Saga, or uh, Teenage Ninja Mutant Turtles, they're already bought. Mm -hmm. or, or somebody doesn't have them for sale. So, so now if somebody in Hollywood or wants to make a shirt or wants says, hey, go and get the license or go and get the movie rights or go and get the music rights or go and get the TV rights or go get any rights you want, for the first available comic book that is non-Marvel or DC, because Disney and Warner Brothers are not sharing, no. you cannot get a top 100 book. You cannot right. get a top 100 book. That's worth repeating. Yeah. That Comcast or Paramount, these are billion-dollar corporations, cannot buy cannot stack money high enough to get a top 100 because they don't exist. So 
Stop putting the pressure on you, people at Pronto Comic Books, and thinking you have to compete with Iron Man and Spider-Man and Spawn. Stop it. If you can get a book that's number 150, mm. by the time you, you literally get rid of the Marvel and DCs or the books that have been already sold and the rights have been sold, even at 150, you're probably going to be probably number four or five to billion-dollar corporations. Like, and if you can be in the top 200, you're probably going to be almost a top 10 book to billion-dollar corporations. So even if you don't want that, right. do your work right. so that people know it exists. Exactly. And the longer you basically thump that word, mm -hmm. whatever it is, whatever the title of your book is, people will know it. So one of the reasons for Spawn success, for Walking Dead success, for Dragon success, for any book that's over 100 issues is they've got over 100 issues. There you go. I don't know. And oh, by the way, if you don't want to do your 100 issues, right. then that means even if you're twice as good as me, 10 times as good as me, and I do it, then I'm going to get the advantage of basically putting in the hard work and mm -hmm. you're better than me. Shame on you. Right. Shame on you, creative person. I have people ask me about this all the time, and that's what I tell them. Like, well, have you made anything yet? Well, I got this idea. I'm like, yeah, but have you made anything yet? Have you even just done five pages yet? Right. And they're like, well, I got a 24-chapter like chapter saga. I'm like, can you give me five pages? Can you put that okay. together? We have, there's lots of cliches for this, but the right. one about the horse and the water right. is apropos here. Yeah, 100%. You, 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 look, we, we do close to 70 books at Image Comics. Right. My biggest frustration at Image Comics is that we don't get to tell any creators anything. That's, yeah. that's the reason they should be there. Right. Because we don't tell them anything, but we also do not have the power to tell them to do work. Get it I, done. Yeah. Get it done. We give them so much, so much rope mm -hmm. that some of them have actually hung themselves with it. I, I, at a very minuscule level of what Image is, that's what I deal with. Right. Someone's like, oh, I got this book. I'm like, how's that book coming along? Oh, I have, I've had this. I have, I have, there's a million things. And it's like, man, I can't get your book out if you don't finish your book. Right. You just right. got to so finish you, it. I'll give, you, I'll, give you, I'll give you the story that I like to tell yep. here. I'm in a race right. with my competition. We're going to run 100, 100 meter. Mm -hmm. Everybody's ready. They all got their shoes on. Everybody's ready to go. And the, and the, and, and the guy starts with the starter gun on mm -hmm. your mark. Gets set. I notice it gets set. My shoes are untied. Mm -hmm. I go, time out, time out, time out. My shoes untied. Let's not start. They don't give a shit. Nope. Go. <laughs> Starter gun goes. Go. I'm against 10 other people. Right. I go as fast as I can. I try to tie my shoe. I get my other shoe. I try to tie. And then I stand up. And at the moment I stand up, I look. And the fans are cheering. And guess who they're cheering for? They're cheering for me. And you know why they're cheering for me? Why? Because I'm in first place. Now. I've done nothing. I have done nothing. And I'm in first place and I'm getting all the accolades. And you know how I got in first place? How? Because when they said go, my 10 competition took a step backwards. There you go. That's dumb. Yeah. So if you want to be dumb right. and make me look good by doing nothing, I'll take that all day long. So you keep not putting out your books. I don't have any competition for Spawn. You keep not writing your story. I got no competition for my other ideas. Please don't compete with me. <laughs> I think on that note, we need, we need to wrap that up. I mean, it's not going to get better than that. 
the man, the myth, the legend, Tom McFarland. Thank you so much for your time yeah, today. Yeah, thanks for giving me the time. Appreciate it. It was it was a fantastic interview, sir. Right, thank you. I'm shaking his hand now, guys. Oh, I guess uh, I guess he didn't throw it back to the studio. Thanks, Dominic. Good job <laughs> throwing it back to the studio. I guess he was so impressed by by the interview. I thought it was a pretty darn good interview. Absolutely, he um, did a great a job. Of, right? A lot of really inspirational things, as I mentioned before. So we're almost out of time. So we're gonna go final thoughts real quick. Tom Sports Guy, final thought. Uh, final thought was this. This is my first time sitting in with you guys. This is great. I had a, I had a blast. Um, and I look forward to coming back again if, if need be. Lou, Shadow Rabbit Art, what's your Instagram website? All that stuff. Final thought. My Instagram is Shadow rabbit underscore clay underscore guy and i've got a website shadowrabbitart.com um hey man it's always good talking to you like i said love you guys love the show uh love all the fans thank you all for letting us do what we do and so my final thought is this thank you uh tom for coming in and uh, sitting in for us you were a really great engineer thank you so much uh lou thank you for go for guest co-hosting the show with me it was kind of awesome and a little behind the scenes stuff was really cool so if you guys want to see all the stuff we were talking about go to our facebook page check out the behind the scenes or our youtube page so that about does it for this week on the came from the radio join us right here any week on this radio station if you miss any part of this show go to our website www.camefromtheradio.com listen to your archives will be up in a week or so um, we have a youtube page a facebook page we do a facebook live at two o'clock every wednesday um, make sure you go to our live show on the 11th of December. And you can check us out on such places as <clears throat> Overcast, Podcast, iHeartRadio, Google Play, iTunes Breaker, or Breaker, Google Podcast, Radio Public, Spotify, Podbean, Player FM, Soundcast, Acast, Castbox, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podmus, Luminary, Blueberry, Mixcloud, Apple Podcast, Deezer, Podcast Addict, Castro, Pandora, or we even have an Alexa skill. So you can go download the Alexa skill and listen to us there. Or, as we like to say, just Google It Came From The Radio. And uh, you can find us. So we will see you uh, next time. You've been listening to It Came From the Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.